1124 here with Gresham Keith. Good morning to all the affiliates all across New England in Providence, Springfield, Worcester, Cape in the Islands, up in Keith, New Hampshire, in the great state of Maine, and of course, anytime, anywhere on the Odyssey app. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, he covers the NHL for Bally Sports. He's kind enough to join us on the Twitch stream as well with a nice new banner behind him since the last time we talked. Our buddy Pete Blackburn talking uh, pucks with Gresh and Keith. And Pete, let's jump right into uh, wildly different on the road for the Bruins versus at home. Is that just the ebb and flow of the NHL playoffs, or is there more to the Bruins being able to match up better against Carolina at home than on the road? Uh, I think it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I, I mean, I, I just I don't think that you can fully attribute what's happened in this series to home ice advantage. You look at, at, at what's happened in this series is basically flipped on its head uh, from Carolina to Boston and uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily a, a matchups game. I think it's more of, uh, you know, you, you finally got your guys to come start, start bringing their, their, their a game and, uh, not a second too early or not a second too late either. I mean, it's, it's insane that, that this series, you left Carolina thinking that this team did absolutely nothing right. And they are back in the series, which is more than I thought was going to happen. I would thought they would be lucky to get a game. How much of this change, these back-to-back wins, has to do with the change in net and bringing in Jeremy Swayman? Um, so I didn't blame Linus Olmark for anything that that had happened in the first couple of games. You know, I, I thought that he probably could have been better. Uh, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good either. Uh, I said it from the beginning. You know, I, I expected to see Swayman at some point. I, I thought that it was the right move to go to him after game two. You just needed a kick in the pants and it's easier to swap out a goalie and send a message than, than anybody else in the lineup. And I think that Swayman is a guy who is more likely to give you a save that you're, that you don't necessarily deserve, or, you know, he's a guy who is more capable of stealing you a game. So uh, I've been impressed with Swayman over the past few. And I, I think that he's given them some timely saves, some that they haven't deserved. So uh, that's a, big uh, a big step in the right direction Pete what did you make of Bruce Cassidy moving David Pasternak back up and recreating the perfection line once again it worked in these two games is it something that you think Cassidy's got to lock into however long this playoff run goes I think you got to stick with it as as long as it's working uh you know don't fix what isn't broken and uh obviously they needed offense and getting those three guys together is probably the best way to do it at least from from the top and you know the results have, have spoken for themselves so far so i think you, you ride that that hot hand that hot line and, and see how how far they can take you are they going to be able to handle another game without charlie mcavoy and, and it's again shocking that their two best defensemen aren't playing there in game four and they and they win it pretty handily Felt like, all right, maybe you can kind of patchwork it for a game. I'm curious how long they can go without their best defenseman. Yeah, I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna survive the series if Charlie McAvoy remains out. I, I still think that Carolina's been the better team at five on five in the series. Uh, they shot themselves in the foot big time in Game Four with how stupid and undisciplined they played. And again, that's the series flipping on its head because the Bruins were that stupid and undisciplined team in the first couple of games. Uh, they took themselves out of games. I think that that Carolina did that uh, yesterday, and so uh, you're not going to be able to replace Charlie McAvoy's 25 minutes tonight. Uh, you know being outplayed five on five against a team that is as good as Carolina. I think they got lucky in game four. Uh, you, 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 no disrespect to a guy like 
Josh Brown, but anytime he's out there, it's just I'm gripping onto my couch, hoping that he doesn't do anything stupid that costs him a game. So uh, you would love to see Charlie McAvoy back in as soon as possible. Yeah, Pete, I had mentioned earlier that even strength defensemen, if you would have heard that it was going to be Connor Clifton, Brandon Carlo, and Derek Forbort were going to be the three <laughs> leading even strength defensemen, we would have thought it would be 3-1 and talking about a completely different scenario for the Bruins. Shout out to Derek Forbert, though. He's been awesome the oh, past yeah. couple of games, like, especially in game shots. three. Yeah. It's it's he has been the guy that like everybody was sold that he would be when they brought him in. You know, this this big tough body who willing to get dirty, doesn't necessarily play like a sexy game in the back end, but he's willing to eat shots. He's he's a big body out in front and can be strong and uh, that's who he's been the past couple of games, so good for him. Hopefully it stays that way because they're going to need him, especially if McAvoy's not not in the lineup. On Friday, prior to Game 3, Gresh and I were uh, talking and taking a lot of calls, and people were screaming about the future of Bruce Cassidy and the future of Don Sweeney. Do you think they've done enough by by you know showing some backbone and having the team? And this, I guess, more for Cassidy. You know, They responded to him. They didn't get swept. They didn't get embarrassed. Is that enough to push that conversation aside? Or if they ultimately still lose in the first round, do you think that's going to be a conversation they have to have? I think it may be a conversation that they have if they lose in the first round. I don't necessarily think that it's uh, it's a conversation they should have. I think that he's doing what he can with the roster that's been given to him. I don't think anybody was crazy about the offseason moves that Don Sweeney made. If you're making me pick one of those guys that you got to kick out the door if, if things go wrong, I'm picking Don Sweeney. Uh, but you know, I think that Cassidy had they gotten absolutely steamrolled like they did in the first two games, then it becomes an easier conversation to have about Cassidy, but I certainly wouldn't put much blame on him. Pete Blackburn covers the NHL for Bally sports. He is with us on Twitch as well as he joins us on the Harbor one hotline here with Gresham Keith. If they say Don Sweeney's got to go, Pete, is there somebody in house in waiting or do they go quote unquote outside the family? How might that work if the Bruins say, okay, we need to move on from Don? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think that it, it, it may also depend on if it's just Don or if it's Don and Cam. Uh, and if you're going a complete organizational shift uh, and if, and I guess it also depends on, on where they see themselves as an organization. Like if they are, going to transition into a new era or if they're going to try to soft rebuild or retool that sort of determines where you go and I don't know what the answer is there and I don't know who they would look at if that were the case uh, you know I just I don't think I don't think that there's going to be this big time massive shakeup after the season regardless of whether or not they lose this round uh the first round you know I think Carolina is a good team they've Bruins have, have put up some fight. You know, obviously you'd like to see that continue, but it's it's no longer the, the the conversation, the narrative that they just got completely run through by the Hurricanes uh, in in super embarrassing fashion. That's the way to, that it was trending, but it, I don't think you can say that anymore. You think Patrice Bergeron's back? I mean, I know it's just a guess at this point, but do you think he's he he remains on the team next year? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not expecting him to hang him up. Uh, he obviously, you know, that's his decision, of of course. And uh, I'm praying that he that he uh, that he decides to to come back for at least one more year, especially given the the state of this team. They'll be in 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 massive trouble if if he decides to hang him up, especially down the middle. So. Uh, that could change the entire look of this team as well. You know, Pete, it, it's funny because when Rich and I were talking on Friday, like you said, it looked like the Bruins are going to get beat in embarrassing fashion. And, oh, my God, do you start to turn the page? 
What is the fine line of continuing to build around Marchand and Bergeron while getting the next group of guys that we're going to obsess over for a decade? Well, the fine line, it's not its not a super fine line. It's drafting and development, and it's a, something that they haven't been superb at over the past handful of years, and I think that that's, that maybe has, has killed them more than anything because we obviously know that they have the pillars up top uh, with those guys that that lead this team. And, you know, even in a few years ago, they had, you know, Chara and McAvoy, and it seemed like they were in a good spot to to contend. And they just, Don Sweeney's failures have come at filling in the gaps. And, you know, that's where you've seen, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were able to fill in the gaps on that third line at, at the trade deadline, and it helped them win back-to-back Stanley Cups. You have to be able to put in place the the organizational pillars and then also the ancillary pieces around them that will help you bring it all together. And I think that they've sort of failed to find those secondary pieces and failed to develop them within the system, um, and, and it's cost them. Where does Tony D'Angelo rank amongst recent Boston Bruins villains? Uh, I'd say pretty high. I mean, there's obviously a way, uh, there's a ways to go. There's a plenty of hockey left sure. to be played in this series, but I think that it, there's a lot of potential for Tony D'Angelo to uh, to be like a big time series villain here, especially if Marshan keeps going after him the way that he is. And uh, I would love to see it. it. I mean, it's better when there's a villain. It's better when there's hate. It's it ramps up the entertainment factor. So I, I'm very thankful mm-hmm. that that Marshan and D'Angelo mixed it up yesterday. Uh, I uh, it's pretty funny how uh, Marshy just kind of went there right away with uh, mm-hmm. D'Angelo. Do you think everybody will be able to control their emotions, Pete? Because we know the Carolina hard driving. They get those five on threes. I know the Bruins had to kill some five on threes down in Carolina. Will emotion end up being a problem in this series? Because it feels like the refs are just waiting to blow the whistle on all these dudes in this series. Yeah, I think that's that's been the case across these playoff series. That there was, I, I got to assume that there was some sort of mandate from Bettman or the league office to to call it more strictly than you typically have in the past. And I think we've seen an overcompensation a little bit in the first round from officials uh, being really active with the whistles, and, and you know, including after after uh, you know po- uh, post play scrums and things like that. Like you know, the, some of the the calls that they've they, that sent the Bruins to the box in the first couple of games. Games in the extracurricular act, uh, activities didn't make any sense to me. They're they're not really calling matching stuff. They're giving them the Bruins, so that that sort of uh, boggled my mind a little bit. And knowing that moving forward, and and how uh, how sort of easy it's been to to go away from five on five you have to be smart and and you have to to stay out of the box as much as you can especially knowing how good carolina can be so uh, you know i hope that it, it emotions don't play into the three game series that we're about to see but i would think that it that they there is a potential for that to happen uh do you still have carolina winning this series I had the Bruins winning the series at, at the outset. Okay. So I'm going to stick with that. You know, I, I think that when you look at if this is what we're going to get and the Bruins are going to get good special teams, good goaltending, uh, if Charlie McAvoy is not out, I still think the Bruins can can win this series. And, uh, you know, I, I think goaltending might be an issue for Carolina, perhaps. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I'm going to lean Bruins, 
obviously, if you asked me on Friday, right, I would have been right, like, ah, right. they'd be lucky to get one game. But I'm, I'll stick with the Bruins at this who point. Do you, who do you got in the uh, Tampa Bay Toronto series, which is also tied at two? I have I have Tampa just because of the goaltending, and we're starting to see that goaltending slip a little bit for Toronto. Uh, just a bad team effort all around yesterday. It's hard to put it all on Campbell, but. Um, you know, I think having Vasilevsky versus Campbell is a massive advantage for Tampa. Two very good teams, but I'm going to lean uh, the Lightning. Hey, I know we have a bit of uh, breaking NHL news this morning, and I saw on your Twitter at Pete Blackburn uh, reacting to the news that Barry Trotz is out as the coach of the Islanders. What in the world is Lamarillo thinking down there? That's a good question. It, it, you know, I think that it, it brings up a number of questions. You know, does Barry Trotz want to be in 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 the island? I would imagine he does, but who knows? You know, does he want to keep coaching? Uh, I wonder what happened there because it's almost impossible to look at that team uh, and what they've been over the past three years and not give the majority of the credit to Barry Trotz and seeing how many things went wrong for that team this year. Uh, from the you know the extended road trip that they had at the at the beginning of the year because their building wasn't ready, how many times they got hit by COVID, just the the bad luck with injuries. It's very hard to look at that team and put any blame on Barry Trotz. So uh, I would love to explore the mental gymnastics that Lou Lamarillo, Lou Lamarillo maybe had to go through to convince himself that this was a good idea. Well, Pete, thanks for the time, brother. We always appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on the uh, Twitch as well. And uh, hopefully the Bruins are going to make it into the second round. And we got plenty of reasons to talk to you here, man. Thank you. Yeah, I hope so.